Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow, you are the first team. Hi, Season 6, Episode 25 of the Tottenham Family Podcast. My name's Jav, joining me this week, David Fornell from Sussex. Hi there. Hiya. Right, um... Let's go straight into a question from our own John Steggles, who says, was that a Jose Masterclass? Yes. It certainly was. How I deem it, it was a Masterclass. Uh, We were always going to concede possession. We were always going to concede ground. I think it was all part of the plot. Um, I don't think we had a great deal of choice in it. City do what they do. They pass, pass, pass. Um, we allowed them to come on and uh, a little while ago Javid, I don't know if you remember me sort of saying about our defenders not throwing themselves in front of the ball and mm. those last ditch tackles etc I think you're starting to see that now players are putting their bodies on the line in the way it was all part of it so it was all about having to ride your luck as well and, and that for me is what I've always seen of a Josie team certainly one that was up against a, a better team, shall we say, or, or at least as good, that he would take that. And and I see that as, for want of a better term, a Jose masterclass. So, I mean, is it fair to say that that it was a masterclass in so far as the game plan was to stifle City, to accept that you're not going to have much possession of the ball and to hit them on the counter and take your chances as and when they arrive? Absolutely. But okay, which is which is fine, and and I, and I suspect that that's in that sense um, that was that was the plan, and and it and it paid off. But did we not perhaps ride our luck at times? Um, in so far as Man City, who I don't think on the evidence of yesterday, um, I don't think they are, they're the best City team by any stretch of the imagination. That the, the table will tell us that they're second in the table, albeit to a very good Liverpool team. Um, We've, we've played City previously in previous seasons um, where they've destroyed us but I think the last couple of seasons Wembley certainly the season before last when, when when they first won the league under Pep they were they were formidable at Wembley um, definitely wasn't the same City but still lots of quality out there but I couldn't help just but think that they had a lot of chances they hit the woodwork twice um, Gundogan should have scored that's not our fault that's not Jose's fault that's not the players' fault we can only play and beat and take the opportunities that are there in front of us and, and, and if, if others don't take their chances then we've got to be there to capitalise and, and we did but I, I, I wonder it's almost like it's fine margins and I, I, I wonder if, if they had been decisive and taken those chances whether this masterclass would have been um, would have delivered, delivered the result that it did of course I, I, I and I'm sure a lot of Spurs fans are thinking your way they they were gripping their, their seats, whether in the stadium or at home. Um, but you say you can't blame the players. Mm. Actually, you can. Um, defending was, was really good, but our passing wasn't good. 
we um davinson um you're saying the hit the post well the first one which was um aguero when he hit the post um that came from a terrible pass out from davinson uh, and that started it wasn't a good move by City that was poor passing and that actually happened many times now the outlet wasn't good it wasn't easy and, and sometimes when you're just striking the ball out which again against Pochettino's Spurs and Jose's Spurs is a great difference we clear it a lot quicker we don't play out too much from the back um, but all the time you're clearing it you haven't got Harry Kane up front to try and uh, shield it for a second. All we've got are three um, speed merchants, mm-hmm. uh, which was. All, I'm, I'm not saying that. Oh, Joe, that's what always Josie does. It isn't. He has to play the hand that's dealt him, and that's the hand he has. He has only speed merchants. There is nobody that can play a hold-up man, centre forward, holding it up. None of those players can do that. Well, not unless this Stephen uh, Bergwijn can do it, uh, I, but I suspect not. Um, <laughs> So he's playing to the only real strengths he's got. I don't know how else he could have tried to play it. So, yes, we did. But with that one chance, Maguero, it then struck Toby's foot because he dived across, got his toe to it. That took a flick. And then um, Larice again, off his studs, onto the post. So it's all last-ditch stuff. But, <clears throat> yes, if they'd have scored, if they'd have scored the penalty... Um, I suspect they would have gone in and possibly got another one or two more and, and we'd have lost the game. But um, Well, certainly different questions would have been asked of us if they had taken those chances. Then there would have been an onus on us to come out and play. We couldn't just simply sit back and hope to hit them on the counter. It, it, would, have, it would have changed yeah. the course of the match. Uh, this is not the best City side. Uh, of the last three games, they've had 49 good chances and scored just one. Mm. So they're clearly not hitting... Um, and, and I hitting the target and the other thing I would say is because of the type of defending we were doing yesterday I felt Aguero missed that chance where he had he was on the near post and he was only a couple of yards off and he sort of splayed it wide um, and that was he was snatching he was and the others were snatching at shots Zivchenko right foot what was he he was upset that that, that hadn't got right foot and it was just miles up in the sky and I thought yeah you're, you're, the, the tactics the spoiling tactics if you like of Josie were getting to the mindset of Man City as the game went on not the first half but certainly the second half and you could see Man City almost crumbling um, so yeah it, it's a, a master class of what, what was available to him it was the right definitely was the right Game plan. I'd, I'd put it that way. Um, yeah. We we've seen, and I don't I don't want this to become a comparison between Jose and Poch, but we've seen it in the past with Jose with Poch uh, when we beat Liverpool four one, for example, or when we beat Madrid, Dortmund, um, when actually we were effective against those teams, not necessarily going toe to toe with them, but but hit, hitting them on the counter. Yeah. And then there were times when we would play those teams again. And we were crying out for the same t- tactics, yet we didn't, and we tried to go toe to toe, and it didn't always work, which which was frustrating. So the game plan in the past under Poch would 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 would, would work when we um, when we did hit them on the counter, and and that and I think that would have been the same approach to take yesterday. And Jose took that approach. Yes, there might be stylistically, it might be we we might be a little bit different in terms of 
we don't we play it out of the back less under Jose than we did previously. That's self-evident. But but the the tactics deployed was were spot on, um, and we got we we got we got the results. But but I think there were. There were some good things I take from yesterday's game. Obviously, result aside, but certain performances uh, which we'll talk about. Um, but there were a few things where um, I, there's definitely work needs to be done. Um, I don't think there was a lot of fans coming away from yesterday thinking it's fantastic, it's great. And of course, you know, we haven't had a big win in in ages. Let's face it. Um, particularly at the new stadium, I'd argue the biggest, the, the best win we had at the new stadium was City last season in the Champions League. Um, which was one nil, wasn't it? Which was one nil, yeah. But I, yeah. I can't think of I can't think of many other standout performances in the new stadium. So it was encouraging. It was against a big side this season. Um, so that's good, you know. And, and we were also starting to sniff the possibility of of top four. Uh, only four points now behind behind Chelsea. Um, th- th- those are all good things. Um, but there were. There were some signs, some reasons to be concerned, which 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 we'll discuss. But um, uh, let's see, Ken, Ken Goodrich, is there anything better than a win you weren't really expecting? Uh, yeah, I think I think he's right. Yeah, this it's it's that that win we we, we least expected in, in a sense, and the joy we got from it at the end of it, and of course our whole weekend feels a lot better. Besides the other teams around us, were dropping points. Um, and, and I looked at it and I said last week, I think we, we could get a draw. And I really believe we could. I don't think City enjoy playing us. I certainly don't now. Hmm. I mean, we have ended up really one of their bogey teams, considering they're the champions, a pass, pass, pass. And just we just showed yesterday that possession isn't everything. Um, so, yeah, it's... It, it, yeah, it's uh, nothing. Nothing felt better than a, than actually getting a win and a good win. I, a good win. I had a debate. Just what you just said there about possession. I had, I had a debate with somebody after the game who was basically being very dismissive of of Pep's style of football. And um, I mean, I think the statistic was they had twenty shots on target, and I don't know how much possession. I think maybe two thirds game. And uh, the suggestion was from this person that. Um, that that possession-based football is dead. I profoundly disagree with that, by the way, with that statement. But I, what I would say is that if you're playing a possession-based game, nine-tenths of the law, it, it, that whole ad- adage about having the ball um, is it, important. And generally, I think if you've got the ball, then there's less chance that you're going to um, concede or, lo- or, or lose a match because by definition, if you've got the if you've got the ball you're in a position to harm the opposition and they're less in position to do so but you have to be clinical you've got to be incisive you've got to create chances um and and you've got to take them and city didn't do that yesterday so they so they had the possession but really counted for for nothing I, i i remember jose when he was a manager at united this was probably about two years ago um and they beat liverpool and after the match i think it was two nil and i think rashford scored uh both goals and he said um that and on that day, Liverpool had it was at Old Trafford. Liverpool had most of the possession, and after the match, Jose said they had you know they had most of the possession than us. We hardly had the ball, but we had control of the game, and they didn't. And it's quite interesting because normally you would you would associate that if you've got the ball, then you you're 
you've got the control of the game, but actually you can there can be scenarios where you don't have the ball, but you're defending well, you're compact, and you're almost saying to the opposition, here you are, here's a ball, now try to do something with it. And if they can't, and if they're not effective, then you can't really say that they're the the, the opposition have, have have got control of the game. And um, I think that that was the case yesterday. We we hardly had any chances, but the ones that we did, we took three three chances, two goals. Yeah. Um, going back to the beginning of the season, you and I were up at the Etihad. Mm-hmm. They had thirty chances. Well, in that game, thirty. I mean, they did get two goals, but. We still got a draw out of it. We got four points out of them. Only got one out of us. Mm. Happy days. Yep. Happy days. They they don't like it. And I and I wonder. Say, from from the last three games, one goal from 49 chances. That would not gone apart, gone past the coaching staff um, coming up to this game. And maybe they felt fairly confident uh, of playing that attacking game because we we did leave a you know a few players up there. Delhi was still up there wandering. Um, with with Lucas, I was surprised to see Lucas actually sort of more the the, the pivots at the top um, more often than not, and and Sonny all waiting to break, and of course you've got the the, the um, young Stephen Bergwine and his uh, and his uh, first game, and and he's um, uh, quite a speed merchant, so there was real threat, and I could sense again, and I remember up at the Etihad that Son was worrying um, City up there. And he did damage to them and that break. Mm. And now they've got three to look after in this game. And uh, it was worrying them again. And that's part of the reason Shevchenko got sent off. Because, you know, they were, we were breaking fast and a little bit of panic set about him. And uh, over Winks went and, and off he went. So, and I think that was all, I genuinely think that was all part of it. And there were all little bits from from uh, Jose. All, all the displaying, you know, of, of screaming out at the side we were far more physical um, when um, uh, Sterling uh, dived down from, to try and get the penalty after the penalty uh, he was surrounded by a player I don't, I'm not sure we'd have done that a year ago quite or quite as much as that but we're very fast into in throwing accusing fingers at people and I think that's all part of the Josie tactics making sure I think Jose has always been a bigger, I think I know he has, been a big admirer of um, Sir Alex Ferguson. And what do the United players always do? As soon as a little incident went off, the referee was surrounded by the players. I mean, they should have been booked, but they weren't. And it was all just grinding the referee down, the officials down, and getting... An, and someone had something statistically that said that United do get most of the decisions in the end. So that sort of has worked. That psychology. I remember, and I could, I, mean, I could be making this up, but I, I, I have a feeling at some point, maybe a few years ago on the pod, we had a question about about this and about the fact that um, under, and again, I, I hate to make these comparisons, but uh, under Pochettino, that the players were too nice and they didn't have that surrounding the referee and and um, almost gamesmanship, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we were a little bit too passive, and that's that. That's something that, that as you say, the the, the Fergie teams have have have, have had it. All the great teams have, have had it, yeah. and and it's good that we're, that we're doing that. And I presume you meant um, uh, that you referred to the left back earlier who was sent off, um, Zinchenko. 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 Yeah. 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 Um, he panicked. Yeah. 
And, and of all people, Winks, I mean, if he stayed on his feet, Zinchenko, and chased him, he would have chased him down, I'm sure. Winks is not the quickest by any means. Um, players' performances yesterday, so I'll park oh. Hugo for, for the minute, because we, we obviously need to talk about that penalty save and, and that incident in a little bit. But just just the outfield players. So I, at the time, and this might be a little bit harsh, but I thought that Taganga, Winks were, were really good yesterday, and I thought Lacelso was superb by by far. Um, uh, again, another one from John Steggles. He jokes, Christian, who long live um, Lacelso. I thought he was superb. Everything from his range of passing, his vision, the weight of the pass, um, and also his ability um, when he gets the ball. Sometimes he get it. He'll get the ball deep. With his sometimes with his back face to goal, he'll pick it up in tight spots, and he can wiggle his way out. He's he rarely loses the ball. I mean, I thought he was my man of the match. I thought Winks played really well. Taganga once again solid. I was slightly disappointed of the outfield players. Um, I mean, Toby was fine. I was disappointed once again with Uria. I, I see a lot of fans say that he's doing really well, but um, I'm still I still think that he is a liability. Um, I thought Ali didn't really set the world alight. I thought Son, who you mentioned earlier, um, that's his third goal in three matches. Yet I still don't think he's. Um, Anywhere near the, the uh, his form of a few months ago, um, Lucas didn't really uh, do anything for me. And Bergwijn, who we'll talk about in a bit, fantastic goal, fantastic finish. But I thought he had a very quiet game, and, he, and towards the end, he seemed. Um, I think he had pulled up with cramp. He's just probably not fully acclimatised to uh, the pace of the Premier League. But um, yeah, Winks. Taganga, Lacelso, Sanchez was the other one I was, I was going to mention. Um, I, I thought his distribution was was, was poor, but the, the yeah the Winks, Taganga, and Lacelso were, were the ones that I, I really stood out for me. Is that a little bit harsh on Uria and a few others? No, I I, I broadly would, would agree with you. Um, I, I Davinson is not a confident lad with his passing. His defending yesterday was exemplary. Mm-hmm. He, anything that if they got round behind us he made sure he was at that um, standing guard at that near post and how many times did he get his foot out and knock it out either for a corner or out otherwise but that one pass I, I said earlier that set up Aguero to hit the post you see under I know I'm going to keep mentioning Pochettino but, it, but I have to make that comparison because we're seeing the Spurs team at the moment not only change in staff but in the type of tactics that we may have to adopt, especially without Harry Kane. But what one of the great things I think about Pochettino's Spurs is their passing. Um, besides a, a very much um, uh, keeping possession, uh, but it's that speed of pass. We're always firing that ball at each other, and Davinson doesn't. And that pass out may have been a piece of tumbleweed coming out. They were waiting for it, and it got snatched. That's why, you know, and he, he, and he, you could see it in his eyes when he plays that pass. And he's not confident. Any pass he makes, you see, is a little slower than his um, fellow teammates. Um, a lot of them will just fire it in. And in fact, it's, it, you ask a good footballer uh, well, how they like to receive the ball. And they would say, I'd much rather have a faster ball. It's easier to control than a slow ball tumbling. 
it's horrible that is to control and a fast ball and he doesn't serve his other players but you know that's that's Davinson um, he just needs to get a bit more confidence with his passing and he's one of those you turn around and say just give it to Toby and Toby will pass it but of course sometimes you can't do that but you were quite right about the rest of them um, Davinson had an, an excellent game by, by that pass Aurier mm. had a very good game but there were three moments one for the penalty which was a penalty but he barely touched but I, I, I concede you know that it was a I thought he got the ball but it's that moment I mean he's got Aguero's going out the box didn't need to be touched and he, he has that terrible decision making about him um, there was one other moment in the 88th minute which I thought uh, encapsulated uh, his, his danger that um, uh, uh, sorry, um, well, 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 I'm trying to think of the, the uh, city player um, midfielder Gundogan no no the other one Oh, I had a name down earlier. Uh, Hernandez, De Bruyne. De Bruyne. Thank you, yeah. De Bruyne. I didn't write it out. De Bruyne. Um, he got it over to the left-hand side of the box. He laid it back. I think it... Uh, well, anyway, the shot was then headed out by Dyer. He then looped out to the wing and off De Bruyne went to pick it up, which he did. He turned round and Aurier's uh, just standing there. He's not coming. And he trots out eventually... And then he puts his hands behind his back to, to show he's not going to handball it. And then sort of ducks when it comes over his head. I know it's the 88th minute, little tight, but no, no. He should have been out there shutting him down. And that, for me, encapsulates a lot about Uria. Um, he did a lot right, but he has those moments. And, and that worries me. Taganga, well, I think Levy's just rubbing his hands. <laughs> we, said, we said last time that, well, you know, one, one swallow doesn't make a summer. Um, and I have to be careful, you know. But, but the lad is right-footed, he's a centre-back, and he's ended up playing left-back. And he's making a tremendous job of it. He really is. He's such a powerhouse. And for me, he's perfect for a Jose Mourinho-type player. He loves physicality. He loves that strength. And with it, he's got his youth and his speed, um, which, which he's not able to use at left back at the moment as well as he might do maybe at right back. Mm. I watched him a few times for the under 19s, and I don't remember him standing out particularly. I was probably watching Troy Parrott um, too much, but now he's had his chance. I mean, I, I can't see him um, leaving the first team now. I think he's there for the rest of the season certainly so oh, he yeah. was excellent Lo Celso absolutely um, it's funny when John mentioned Ericsson who I hadn't even thought of Ericsson until I saw the question and I thought blimey is yesterday's man already which he should be mm. you know there's no point looking back as we as we shouldn't be I suppose keep mentioning Pochettino but I'm watching the side develop good or bad I think that that's the thing though I mean I, I sort of apologised earlier about mentioning Pochettino partly because I've got a lot of stick from listeners and from people on social media because I'm quite pro-poch and, and, I, and I get accused of, of looking back but I think that you can't you're talking about the evolution of the side and there is an evolution both in terms of style and in terms of players you have to reference the past occasionally um, there'll come a point where we won't have to when uh, it, there won't be those comparisons to be made but it's it's at the moment inevitable yeah I uh, know it is and I, I wouldn't want to discuss Spurs otherwise um, without I mean I, I'm, I've not at all said that 
um, Jose Mourinho's awful. Uh, far from it. Uh, I, he's, he's a man who wins things. It's more a case of how he wins them and whether that's going to um, placate all Spurs fans. Mm. I know a, a probably a majority will be more than happy if he, if he wins any silverware. They'll be happy as Larry and, and, and happy with whatever he, he decides his tactics are, be it spoiling, be it park the bus. But um, no, I, 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 if I can't really mention at the moment without harping back to, to Pochettino on certain aspects, but it's only certain aspects, just seeing the development, that's all. Mm. Um, and off the other outfield player, you mentioned Le Celso. Um, yeah. Broadly speaking, we, we, yeah, would you agree with the other ones yeah. I mentioned? Bergwijn. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes. I. I think we went over. To, you know, can go over the top about Stephen Bergwijn. It, it's. It was much of a case of that goal, which I thought was reminding me of Delhi. That sort of goal, that little volley. You know, just a little bit of skill. Wallop. It's gone. A, a lovely goal. A, a good time. But um, other than that. Yeah, but in, in fairness to him, I mean, he's finding his feet, for goodness sake. So I, it, it would be remarkable for a player, um, certainly at 22, to come on the pitch and, and light the game up. And against a team like City and against a speed merchant like Walker, um, which I pr- he probably wasn't t- entirely aware of how fast Walker is. He took him on once and then probably regretted it. Uh, but I mean, Bergwijn's finish superb and I think that's that now he joins Dombele both of them scoring on their debuts this this season I read somewhere that Lo Celso and Session had but I think maybe on their full debuts when they started games not um right uh, they scored but not but but I think they had they had they had come on as subs in 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 other matches before that but certainly debut um Bergwijn joins um, uh, Dombelli, uh, who scored against Villa at the start of the season. Um, yeah, fantastic strike. Great technique, taking it down on his chest. Fantastic finish. And it was a clean clean hit. It didn't take a deflection. I always hate it when yeah. um, some goal, for example, it took a slight deflection. I didn't notice it at the time. Um, and even no. if you look, look back on the TV, one angle, it's not clear. But when you look at it from another, that's not his fault. But it's, it, it's always nice when a... When a ball is hit cleanly and it goes in, um, but yeah, fantastic goal um, from Stevie Stevie Wonder, um, as a few people are dubbing him already. Um, before I, I did say I'll come back to you, Hugo, and we'll talk about the inter penalty incident. Just on coming back to Taganga, where do you see his p- position going forward? Because I think at left back, he's he's been asked to do a job. He's not left footed, as, as you said. There's also the way that. Jose has got a set up. Um, he wants Uria to push up on the right hand side, and then effectively the four becomes a three in attack. So, there, so Takanga, whoever's going to play at left back, um, is asked to to stay back. Plus, he's not left footed anyway. Um, and I, I'd, I'd imagine once Ben Davis returns, um, as long as he's fit and match fit, he will slot back in there. I mean, it, it was telling a few weeks ago that Taganga was starting there ahead of Rose, even ahead of Session, who maybe ultimately will, in the long term will, will, will be a left back. But further down the line, do you think, do you think Taganga will slot in at right back or, or, or will he be one of the centre back pairing? Well, I think he'll go to right back as soon as Ben Davis is, is fit and ready to go. Mm. 
Um, I think he's played there so well. And I think he's better than Aurier. I really do, even at this stage. Um, but ultimately, we will buy in the summer, I suspect, a right back. Uh, and Taganga will go into central of defence. And I think he'll stand next to uh, Toby. Yeah. And, I th- and I think um, Sanchez will, will bench for a little while. I mean, it sounds, when you say these things, it sounds like we're just dismissing someone like Sanchez and uh, uh, putting him out to, to grass, really. Or but someone like Vertonghen, even. Yeah, but it's a, it's, you know, you've got to remember, this is a, a squad game. Mm. And, and I looked at the bench yesterday and I thought, wow, what a bench. What a bench. And it was. Um, so I thought we were quite plump, but Joe's still turned around saying, well, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't got a big enough squad yet. You know, it's not not a good squad yet. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know, the bench wasn't bad. I know we haven't got a centre forward, and that's probably what he was alluding to. The simple fact is that we, we haven't got a centre forward now, and we haven't got a centre forward even in the distance. So um, I, I guess that and that will have to. That's the major uh, signing for the summer, isn't it? Is the centre forward to back up Harry. Yeah, you and I have previously talked. Definitely, I remember last season about um, you, you, you. You know, both when we, we've um, we've gone to games, travelled up together, um, but also on the on the podcast, you, you you talked about the needs previously for a big commanding central defender, um, somebody who can win all those aerial battles. Is Jaffet Tanganga that man? I mean, I'm looking at him. He's one eighty one one eighty one eighty four. So that's what about six foot. Yeah, he's a fraction over six foot, which is not that tall. Um, I think one into two. That's a good point, actually. Mm. I need to calculate that one. But, um, yeah, I, I, if I look around in the Premier League at the other um, centre-backs, yes, he's as good as any others you want to poke at. But I say as good as. He looks potentially as good as um, as Manchester United's um Centre back they bought from Leicester. Maguire, yeah. Maguire, thank you for helping me out there. Names, uh, Maguire. I think he, he potentially is as, at least as good as. So, yeah, uh, he's such a such a beast. He's so strong. I mean, it was a bit of a shame because he, through his strength, I mean, he battered into uh, Hugo yesterday, and and that was, in fairness, I mean, that was just bad luck. Um, and that was one of the ch- good chances City have. I know they'll look mm-hmm. at it, but again, that was down to just us getting ourselves into a bit of a muddle um, with that I felt both of them <laughs> they were well intentioned in what they did yeah, yeah. Um, but they just happened to yeah. collide and, and maybe better communication maybe if it was um, a defender that's played more often with more experienced defender that's played more often with Hugo that, that communication would have been there but that's you know that's fine as it was we, we didn't get punished um, but he's yeah Six foot, maybe he's not that tall, commanding um, central defender. But I think physically, he's he looks certainly looks the part. Um, whether he's got the aerial strength and prowess to 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 be the solution, time will time will time will tell. It might be that that uh, he, he's. He can be, um, even if he's a few inches shorter than would would, would like that player to be. Um, Hugo. So, firstly, before the penalty save, I thought he was superb yesterday. And again, with Hugo, I think one of the things that people perhaps sometimes we take for granted, but just things like basic crosses that he comes for. Yeah. When he does it and does it well, 
it, I, I don't think there's anybody better than than him. He's, he's very commanding in, in in the in the penalty box. He looked confident yesterday, coming for balls, coming for cr- cr- crosses. Um, they're not that. That's the thing. You see things like that. They're not fantastic, world class saves that that stand out to to people. So people, it's almost a bread and butter. But you have to do the bread and butter, and and I think he did that very well. And then the penalty save, superb. Um, for me, he was another one of our uh, best better performers yesterday. Um, the penalty, um, we're going to talk about VAR um, for a change. Um, uh, much like yourself, I agree. I, when I saw it first, I didn't think it was a penalty. Um, uh, and having seen having seen it on TV subsequently, um, I think it was. And I think Aria again, not for the first time, um, has, has, has done that, given away a penalty, needless penalty. Um, and and VAR, in that sense, did its job. Um, if you're going to make a case for VAR, then you could say, there you go. And I, I can't dispute the decision based on VAR, but what really frustrated me was the fact that it took as long as it... Well, it frustrated everybody, no doubt. took as long as it did. I mean, that was a complete farce. Um, to be honest... Again, I, I say it as somebody who's no fan of VAR. I would have accepted a situation where the penalty wasn't given, whether that was against us or for, or for, for us, if it had been at, at, at the other end. I would have I would have accepted that as a paying fan because to me, it didn't look like one from where I was, and it certainly didn't to Mr. Mike Dean. Um, subsequently. You would have looked back at it on on a, on a replay, and you would have said, "Well, that was the wrong decision." But to me, that's just football. Sometimes you know those mistakes are made. That's why I'm not I'm not a huge fan of VAR. I I, I sort of accept that sometimes we get these things wrong, but um, it 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 does exist and it did its job. But it was just ridiculous that it took as long as it did. Absolutely, I put the stopwatch on it today. I, I replayed the whole thing, and from. The actual tackle, attempted tackle by Urie, to when we kicked off again after the uh, incident with um, uh, Sterling diving down, after all that fracas, was about six and a half minutes. Six and a half minutes before we kicked on again. And they only added four minutes on to the time. And this was at half time. Four mm-hmm. minutes. And that's a, that's a farce in itself. I mean, we're talking about VAR. What we the problem for VAR at the moment? We call it VAR. All VAR is actually just a, a replay of video. It's people back at Stockley Park um, who who are looking at it. And how come it took so long, so long, to to get that decision? I mean, most of us look at it. You know, when, I think the second view of it for me was, oh yeah, he didn't get it. He did not get the ball, and it, and it was a poor. Um, consideration to try try and get to it so six and a half minutes of wasted time and I thought yeah the fans in the, in the ground are just uh, just scratching their heads do we want this and even then after that I mean I think Graham Soonis in the in the studio then said oh look uh, 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 on the penalty save he said uh, Larissa has, has moved and he was it wasn't much he was about six inches with his right foot just fractionally uh, before the ball was hit he just slightly moved slightly moved and that's what VAR's done now 
where they said, well, it's VAR doesn't look at that, which I, was, I didn't realise they're not looking at those uh, movements of goalkeepers. That's done that on field. But it's like Tunis wanted it to go to VAR. Mm. Oh, it is moved. And, oh, really? You know, that, and that shouldn't have made... It just, no, I'm not having that. You know, it's just, now we're starting to get into the silly realms. Um, and, and VAR has become too involved, perhaps. Too involved on it all. I, mean, I, I don't think it'd been the worst decision had that remained on field and the referee still not given the penalty in the first place. Yeah. He, he hardly touched um, uh, on the leg and Aguero. It was a brush, really, and Aguero, and, and all players did. I'm sure Harry would have done it mm-hmm. as well. If he felt the contact, he would have gone down, especially going away from goal. It's not exactly as if he's, he's ruining a good chance. He, he was just you know, trotting out towards the corner flag. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of Mike Dean, and I think um, I, I, I don't forgive him for what happened at Burnley last season. And um, <laughs> I, I think that he has a tendency to. He likes to be the showman. He likes to be the centre of attention. But in in his defence, I think, like you said, I think if that if that decision had gone our way and it wasn't a penalty, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. And and because it didn't, it didn't actually look like. It, certainly to me, it didn't look like a penalty. So I'd, I'd forgive if I was a city. Well. I would defend Mike Dean in this case and think that to him it probably didn't look in in in, in the run of play. The fact that subsequently to down to VAR it it, it it was a pen fine. I mean, what would it have in terms of the speed of this decision? Surely it wouldn't take somebody sitting in Stockley Park to immediately look at that and say, "Hold on, Mike, we've got something iffy. Could you stop the game?" Or as soon as there's a stoppage. Yeah, that's the point. I mean, it. What, the six and a half minutes I was adding on includes the play on because the moment they say sorry it's a penalty um, stop now those two minutes we it was two minutes and about eight seconds they should be removed from the game and, and be, be retrieved but they didn't do that now from Spurs point of view all we're talking about is irrelevant because we won and we're happy but from City's point of view they lost two minutes so it's not me bellyaching about VAR um, from the Spurs' perspective. It's from City's perspective. But it could be us next time. Yeah. I think what's going to happen going forward in the summer, because they said they're going to review it all, is probably less intervention by VAR. Um, and the one big one for me is the handball. Unless we get this... I think a couple of weeks ago you were on uh, the podcast, and I think John was talking about the handball situation. And it's a nonsense. I can't understand why that the centre forward, even if it sort of he can't, if he's got his back to it, and he's no idea where the ball is, and it hits his arm and goes in the net, that's disallowed. And yet, same thing down the other end. Defender's got his back to it, has no idea where it is, and it gets whacked at him, hits his arm. They consider that as no, he didn't put his arm out. It's by his side. That's that he didn't, you know, he didn't even know where it was. I can't see why those two should be so different. So they've got a lot of work to do. They've got a lot of work to do, keep VAR in. Well, well, that rule just needs to be re... re I, I, it's almost got nothing to do with VAR. That rule just needs to be re, revisited. Um, for me, VAR was brought in... One of the reasons it was brought in was to, was to prevent... It's nothing to do with necessary rules, but it, it, you could have kept the existing rules that we had previously, but it, it, it was to do... One reason was to, to, to prevent things like Maradona's handball or, or the Henri handball, which were blatant. Yeah. which were blatant and, and surely that's what it should 
both the both VAR, the technology, and the implementation with rules should whatever the rules are should 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 be to prevent those things as opposed to nitpicking other things which maybe aren't are accidental or, or you know it's part of the course of play well let's come back one if, uh, again with var if you like um this is sterling's tackle on Delhi. Mm-hmm. yep um and i don't understand why that wasn't overruled and given as a sending off we've seen that uh, a few times this season and they've come with red cards and, and it's not VAR, it's consistency. The problem is that, as you were saying, in Stockley Park, there's not just one referee. There are about four of them. And they're all whizzing around, looking at different angles, all nattering away. And that's taking too long. And maybe they should just have one man, uh, uh, one referee saying, yep, quickly, yep, that's yes or no. Yep. Uh, it's, it's got to change. It, it needs to be quick. I mean, that, that was that sterling... Uh, tackle uh, that was yes a failure of VAR, but also uh, say, and I've defended him two minutes ago, but I'm not going to now. So I think it's also in the first place a, a, a failure of Mike Dean not to not to send him off. Now he got a yellow Sterling for that. Um, the melee that followed Hugo's fantastic save um, when when uh, um, Sterling went went down. Um, in the end, it was decided that that. That Hugo didn't bring him bring him down, and, and a penalty wasn't awarded. But but in that case, surely that was a dive, and in which case, surely Sterling should have got a second yellow at that point. Well, that was one of the funniest incidents I hadn't seen at the time. Have you seen that uh, uh, Joe Sacramento and and Jose sitting down on the bench and smiling, yeah. and, and supposedly Joe, Joe realised that um, this was a second yellow, and the pair of them. I mean, if you'd asked me, I thought you said to uh, to. to um, Mourinho, I think someone's just gone into your wife's bedroom because the way he shot up across at the fourth official, my goodness me, did he go? And if he had a knife, I'd have thought he'd have stabbed the fourth official. <laughs> goodness sake, it was so funny the way he went when he realised that his second yellow was going to send him off. He was away, and that was all part of Mourinho's um, uh, his gamesmanship and what have you. He's getting that edge. Um, but yeah, what a melee. And, and of course, as you mentioned there, the ridiculous part is that then Toby gets a yellow for pushing uh, Shevchenko. Shevchenko gets a critical yellow, as it turned out, um, for charging down the field. And, and I used the word, um, I think it was adopting an aggressive manner. That's what he got uh, booked for. Um, and yet those two yellows equate to Sterling's stamp on and nearly breaking his ankle, uh, Ali's ankle. And, and that's, you know, you, you look at the end of the game, you think, wow, I'm, I'm struggling to, to work out, you know, how, how you can make that make sense. The two two different yellows for two very different um, uh, incidents. But there we are. Comment from one of our listeners, John Phillips, just, just on that. Jose incident. He says, having seen Jose move so quickly over five yards off the bench, do you think he could be the answer to the right back problem? Well, uh, maybe. Uh, I don't know if he can tackle and uh, and defend. I'm sure he could probably do a better job than than Serge. Um, He's dreadful. He can't play. That's one thing about Mourinho. He can't play football. There was a there was a um, a, te- a friendly match a few years ago. I think it was. 
at Loftus Road. It might have been a QPR eleven against some other eleven, and it was for the it was a, a fundraiser for the, the Grenfell um, oh, yeah. disaster. I think it was that. I could be wrong. Um, and Jose played in goal that day, and he was he was pretty poor. Um, one thing that the VAR incident did, I felt at the time, was it really got the crowd going. It suddenly seemed to be the turning point in that first half. Um, the atmosphere went up. Um, but also, at the same time, um, I mean, going looking at a question from another one from Kim Gidrich, he says, I honestly think that VAR is going to cause a violent incident in the stands someday soon. Please bin it. Well, I would wholeheartedly agree. I'm not. I'm no fan of VAR. Um, but uh, yeah, it did. It did. It did actually uh, piss fans off. But it also the whole incident and the little melee and the, and the scrap that followed. Um, Toby, I don't know if you noticed. Noticed that Toby started rallying the crowd as well. Yes. Um, and yeah, he was were, very. He was very up for it. Well, they yeah. all were. They all were as, as proud of the boys, really. Yeah. Um, okay. Very brief. A couple more questions on, on, on the game. Uh, one from Nate. Amazing goals from Bergwijn and Son, but how many times did City hit the post or throw away clear chances? Great win, but was it a great performance? Of course, the three points is what matters, but feel some fans are getting carried are getting a bit carried away. So this is yeah, going back to the start of the yeah. problem. This is what I felt slightly that some fans were getting a little bit carried away, but that's understandable because of. You know the season that we've had, and, and this was a yeah. big scalp yeah. um, performance. Was it a great performance? Uh, half time, I remember thinking um, after the pen, I thought, "Wow, this is a game and a half." And I was very buoyed by it. And I, in my senses, that, that we'd have a better second half. I, I, I thought that would damage them, and I and I think, of course, it wasn't a classic um, performance that we see from Spurs. We have a tradition of really good um, football uh, that uh, if you like push and run which is meaning one twos one touch football which is all that means and we're excellent at one touch football but we weren't yesterday our passing was off so no this wasn't a, a classic but it was enough and the boys are paying a lot of, uh, you know boys and girls are paying a lot of money to go and watch Spurs and they've not been rewarded with much this season mm-hmm. um, and they've got a little bit yesterday they got really rewarded i mean the, the the crowd were rocking weren't they yesterday absolutely it's a full it was a full state packed stadium hear the singing that's what the stadium was built for that atmosphere that noise and the the, the team gave them something to cheer about but it wasn't a no it, it, the question phillips mm. is quite right it wasn't we shouldn't get too carried away but you know, sometimes you just turn and say, "Yeah, but enjoy the day," and we yeah. all were. You know, that's it. It's, it. It was a clean sheet, two, not just one, because we're all sitting there thinking, "Oh God, no, get a second goal, please." You know, so we can get away from it, and we duly did that. Mm. And and we slowly, I know they had ten men, and we looked stronger once they had ten men. We 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 looked stuck, but our one-touch football was coming long. A lot of it was nice, but too many of our passes. And I, I don't think that City were as good as maybe the amount of chances they had I think we gave them too many or we, we had too many bad passes that were gifting them with chances so it was a bit of both but you know for the neutral and this went round the world and I keep saying about this you know that our name goes around the world we're, we're prime television um, 
and hopefully we're selling more shirts in the Far East and America. And those revenue streams matter. I know people can be cynical about them and talk about trophies and, and stuff, which we're sure, which are obviously what we want as fans. But um, bringing the money in is, is, is also important. I mean, yeah, on another day, if another team had been more clinical, if it had been Liverpool, for example, and they'd taken those chances, we, we would have got punished. But th- look, I, we got the win. That's that's important thing. Um, oh. There, there were positives that I, things that I liked from yesterday, like Lacelso, like Tanganga again, and I thought Winks and and uh, Hugo were, were, were good. And there's things that we need to work on. It's, it's definitely much, it's definitely a case of work in progress. Um, we touched on Bergeron's goal earlier. Um, Son's goal, um, the pass from Dumbele, the yes. pass and the movement, Dumbele and Lacelso linking up. That was that was good. The Dumbele coming off the bench. Yes, and that was a a pass threaded through and that's what you're going to find that little gap and if you make yourself available that pass was put in very sharply and Son is very good at controlling a very quick ball and he's turned and gone so yeah I mean that was a lovely bit by Don Bele uh, a lovely bit of, of passing and movement and yeah yeah we like that um, final one on yesterday's game from Kent Goodrich we've taken five shots both on and off target against Man City this season and scored four goals City have scored had had 44 shots against Spurs this season, two goals. Um, I think you touched upon this earlier. Yeah. Um, if efficient or lucky? <laughs> Both. Cool. Yeah. Of course, you've got to ride your luck. I can't. I can't get round that. Um, I, but I, while we're doing that um, and, and sort of riding our luck, I felt our defence is learning more to, to defend that way. And, and while they do that, they get confident and they get to enjoy it because it can't be much fun sometimes when you're. You're batting down the hatches and you're, you're, you're being raided time after time. But as time moves on, and Sonny was, you were saying about Toby um, rousing the crowd, so was Sonny. Mm-hmm. He did it as well. And, and I loved that. You know, it, it, They were starting to enjoy it as a game, that second half, as we grew in the game. I know it took Shevchenko to, to help us out a bit. But um, yeah, we, we grew in it. And uh, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the game. Definitely, I think mean, with both games, a, a case of uh, luck. The, the 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 one at the Etihad. We, I would I would argue the the game at the Etihad earlier this season. We re, we really rode our luck on that occasion uh, more so than 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 yesterday. Um, we've got Villa. Got sorry, gone. I was going to say, you know, Gundogan. I was saying on TV yesterday. He's never. I think he's got a hundred percent record taking penalties. I heard that. I don't know if that's yeah. true, but no, I, I, he, they, he, he scored one against. Shot. He scored one when they beat us four um, one three years ago, December twenty seventeen, um, almost three years ago uh, at the uh, at the Etihad. Um, he scored one on that occasion. I seem okay. to recall. Okay, but that was a kiss of death. And, um, I, and I did like it at the time when he said it before he took that. I thought, oh, good. It's, and it's about time we got one saved. Then you guys had a good. If you consider last season, I think you made three penalty saves last last season against Vardy, um, Aubameyang, and somebody else whose name yeah. escapes me. Um, and then now this season, um, he's, he's he's done done well for us in that regard. Um, we've got in the league. We've got. Um, we've got Villa next in a couple of weeks' time. So a week. Sunday, you and I will be going up for that one, yes. and we sit four points behind Chelsea at the moment. Um, do you fancy our chances against Villa? Well, 
What do you think I'm going to say, Javid? I can't say we're, we're not going to be. Villa are in and out the game. If we can keep um, Jack Grealish particularly mm-hmm. um, quiet, uh, yes. I mean, I, I fancy it. I, the problem is, this is Man City now. And we seem to go, we, Liverpool, we were well worth a draw. The top teams, we seem to, use the word toe-to-toe, but we seem to be able to mix it with them, probably the better term. We able to mix it with them and... and, and you know, not not get trounced, and then we go to these bottom sides and, and mid-table sides, and struggle like man because we pin them back and can't seem to find um, their, our way through uh, a two rows of two banks of five. So it's it's doing that. But I mean, one nil at, at Villa will do me very nicely. I'll be happy a, a, as anything. But yeah, I mean, we've got yeah, the, the Chelsea. I think have got. Um, I'm just trying to see what Chelsea. You know, I think is it United the next day. Yeah, I think it yeah. is. So potentially, we could beat Villa and go a point behind them when they go into that game yeah. against United. Well, and then they, they've got points to take off each other again, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. It's, it's the Monday night game. Yes, Chelsea against right. United. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we play Chelsea the week after on the Saturday. Um, and Wolves play Leicester. Wolves play Leicester. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, a, as another critical game, although I'm not worried about Leicester, you know, as far as we're concerned, I suppose you're going to sort of put a mathematical equation on it. You know, Leicester wants to win and Wolves to uh, to drop points. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I mean, Wolves probably at the moment, are, 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 I think they are, they are closer to us mathematically. Um, they're, in, they're in Sheffield United and yeah. also Man United. Um, not taking anything away from Wolves, who have had a fantastic season. And even last season as well, um, both them and Sheffield United don't have the experience of getting over the line to get top four. Mm. Suddenly, we have that experience. I know that getting over the line is something that we've been accused of not having in the past, but we do have recent experience of getting top four, and hopefully that will stand us in good stead over some of these other teams like Wolves and um, uh, and Sheffield United. Um, we've got. Before all of that, we've got Southampton in the yeah. cup, cup replay um, at home this Wednesday, and, and Norwich awaits the winners. Fairly confident about that one. Um, I mean, we, we, we won't have Bergwijn available. I think he's cup tied or, or wasn't yes. registered in time. Yeah. And there was some talk that Delhi might not be fit. So I suspect yeah. Delhi will be all right. Um, I think he's just very sore. But. We've got enough. You know, if you've looked at a bench, we've got plenty to come in and, and certainly do damage to Southampton. Um, but it's another game. I, I Again, I, I wouldn't get, you know, that's when I don't get carried away. I want to get carried away with the three points of Man City. But I've not, you know, when I look forward and think, oh, yeah, Southampton, you know, they're playing well, Southampton, and they really are. I know you put them down for a, probably a, a, or put us down for a 2-1 win, which is fair enough. Mm. And we, we are at the lane. So... You know, you'd have to turn around and say, yes, we, but it, it's going to be a tight game. It really is. Um, I don't mind Bergwijn not playing. That, I think, is worth We had, had his game. That's great. Bench him, um, or bench him, but rest him um, another week. And we've got other players to bring in. Um, we've got Son and Mora still up, up top. So we've got, we've got plenty there. Okay. Um, now there was no. Um, we have rattled on for a very long time. Um, we've still got a fair bit to get through. Um, yeah. Normally, by this point, we would have mentioned the 
um, or Bex would have mentioned the Spurs ladies. And there is an Spurs ladies update this week, other than to say that their match against Barnet yesterday was called off. Or was yeah. it Barnet? Um, yes, I think it was yes, at Hive. Yeah. At Hive. Um, yeah. Waterlog pitch. That's something you don't get these days, obviously, in 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 the era of Premier League pitches with undersoil heating and and whatnot. Um, it's very rare. But anyway, um, so no, no Spurs ladies update this week. Um, briefly before we go into a few questions um just let's just discuss some of the recent transfers in, yeah. outgoings in, incomings not going to talk about ericsson because we, we sort of done that to death last last week other than to say that you know that's done and dusted and he's moved on and we, we will move on as a club and we've got, hopefully got players there who want to be there it's, it's good that that situation has been resolved Danny Rose and Carl Walker-Peters loaned out to uh, Newcastle and Southampton, respectively. Thoughts on that, briefly? Well, I'm pleased to get Rose out for the same reason. I think he's been a disruptive force in the changing room. It's really sad. You know, such a good little lad for us. Been there years. Um, and why he's, he's behaved, I don't know. But forget that. And with Ericsson, I mean, it's not been great having him there. If players don't want to be there, fair enough. Get him out the door. We've done that. And I feel uh, a breath of fresh air has gone through the place. I really do. Um, KWP, really happy for him. He's exactly what he needs. And I'm glad he's, he's still got a Premier League club. Um, to, to uh, And he may well be the player. I mean, we, we loaned out Harry Kane a few times. And we Leicester, Norwich, mm-hmm. um, Millwall. Uh, and, he, and he benefited from it. So it's, it's a good system at times. And I hope KWP becomes a player that we can look at and say, you know what? Let's have him back. I, th- I think it's it's a wise move not to sell him, uh, and, and I'm hoping to see him really come on a bit. Mm, I'd be I'd be very surprised if he if he, even if he does well that he'd that he would come back to Spurs. Um, but I suppose that option, <laughs> whilst we've whilst he's been loaned out, that option does 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 um, yeah. does exist. Um, Okay, and the players coming in, I mean, Fernandez, that was obviously a few weeks ago, came in. He hasn't really had that many opportunities, that much game time, perhaps, to make a full impact. Um, and then Lacelso, permanent transfer. Well, I think we're all very we, happy about that. I could see why we jumped all over that one up to ensure he does come with us, because, yep, he's our creator, isn't he? He did that yesterday. Um, what a signing. What a signing. And not a bad price either. I think that's an excellent price. So, well done, Levy. He's a different sort of player to yes. Ericsson, but yes. he is—he is still a nonetheless a creative yes. f- force. Um, and that's the last time we mentioned Ericsson. <laughs> okay, well, that's the one comparison we, we won't. <laughs> we'll, try, we'll try not to make. Um, three things about Lacelso, other than the obvious, you know, fantastic football, creative, all of that things, um, price tag, age, etc. He looks match fit now, which is yes. good. He's had a lot of run of games. That's number one. Number two, he looks like he wants to be there, yep. um, unlike maybe some other players that we're not going to mention. Um, and and with certain other players who might have had the 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 the, the um, mantle of being the playmaker or the creative force at Spurs at one point, but those players player is no longer there. It puts the responsibility on his shoulders finally, and now he's a permanent signing. And I felt that he took it with two both hands yesterday. Yes, it was all. I'm the man. I'm the main man, and 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 that was good. And Bergwijn, thoughts on him? I mean, but he's a, he's a typical um, Jose signing, I I suspect, because again he is very strong, isn't he? A big lad and quick. 
and that's that's what um, he. I, I'm going to quickly bore you about the Sunday supplement. I don't know if you saw it. Mm-hmm. I saw some of it yesterday. Yep. Did you see the bit on? Well, say Spurs. It was more on Jose than Spurs. Jose, Klopp, and Pep. And no. uh, oh, okay. Well. Jose got a bit of a mauling over it. That, that, that all of them said, "Well, he's yesterday's man. His tactics are are, are yesterday, and, and now we look forward to Pep's and and Klopp's tactics. They are the future. That you know, that's it's, it's gone." And I thought, really, I, I, I I'm not sure. You know, not that I'm there to defend Jose, but um, and I thought it was quite funny when we built and went and beat City mm-hmm. yesterday because there you go. You sure it's yesterday's tactics, Jose? His tactics are quite basic, I know. We, he doesn't fiddle around back, kicking the ball out. Uh, sorry, fiddle about passing the ball out the back. He makes sure um, it's just welted down the pitch, and we'll deal with it later. Um, he has solid block in front. I mean, at the moment, it's not his team, but I should imagine when Sissoko comes back, uh, there he's got his shield, and that will work for him. And someone like Bergwijn, I think, is right up his street. You know, he's there for a battle. He's a big lad. Yeah, I mean, Jose, his style is, it is what it is. But if there's one thing you could say about him, he's a pragmatist. Yep. And and you look at the 11 yesterday that started, it's a very un-Jose team. Yes. Um, where for, Obviously, the, 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 the back line is, is there doing its bit fairly solid Taganga's told not to go that far forward Uria though he's pushing high up and then you look at the, the, the players in front they're all attacking flair players of some some sort um, none of them are that defensive shield that ball winner that Makaleli that Matic type um, so if anything it's he's going against the grain um, well no he's always had creative and, and well he had matter I mean, like, like, which, which but he was, had that balance though in the team. Well, yes, with, he had the with, balance, with a... but we've got injuries. Yeah. In fairness, and I and I think you know, I think Davis would come in. I think Taganga could go right back or centre back. Then got Sissoko as a shield. It's a bit unfortunate, Dyer, because you imagine Dyer so if Dyer's firing at all cylinders, mm. that's going to be a difficult team to beat and get behind. Um, and then that allows someone like Bergwijn, who's still a physical attribute up front, but. You know, you've got to have lads who are quick, and and he will like that. It's a breakaway system. He prefers that to to be able to put that shield there and be solid, be difficult to beat, and then break fast. Um, and and Son's a very good lad for that, isn't he? Puts away. Um, he, he he's a good striker, good good strike rate with Sonny. So and I think that works for him. But we unfortunately, until we get our injuries back, um, I don't I don't think we've seen what he would prefer and it'd be yep. interesting when, when, it, when we do get to that point to see what and how he does play it absolutely um, on the transfer window we had a question from Richard Healy um, basically he just says he's really happy with, with the window um, uh, although a striker would have been um, uh, good for the, good, good, good for this season it appears the club have taken a more long term view on, on, on that front rather than say panic buy and get somebody like the, the lad that United got is it Igalo? Yes um, the ex Watford striker um, so Richard's question is where who do you think we should be buying either name or profile in the summer and then he just goes on to say that he'd thought that Jared Bowen was somebody that had proved to be of interest um, with consistent goals in lower leagues but um, he hopes he's a total flop now um, now that he's at West Ham 
Well, it, it, actually, he's a, an interesting one, apparently. Well, I think all clubs have been trailing him. I mean, it's silly to say that uh, previously to Mourinho, um, the club have been tracking him and, and unsure. But sorry to mention Pochettino again, but Pochettino mm. apparently um, said, no, he's not, not sure about him yet. I, I watched him um, a few weeks ago and, and I thought, mm, yeah, he's, a, he's not a centre forward. He's an inside forward. He's a mm. Deli Alley in a sense, but uh, he's not quick. Um, I West Ham. This is this is the problem. West Ham did a panic buy. Uh, they went for him and said yes, please. You know that that's the offer. Then they got the contract out, and the contract said. I remember they're saying this that if West Ham go down, um, they halve his money, and I think he's on about sixty thousand pounds a week, and they halve his money. And I thought, well, you're not very uh, confident staying up, then are you? And of course, the, the agent said, no, I'm not having that. And, and they played brinkmanship and of course West Ham panicked and wrote everything they wanted into the contract which means he's on a five and a half year at 60,000 which they'll have to pay him if they go down um, and that's what you get with the transfer window and that's where we could have been if we panicked but bought a centre forward and I guess at the end of the day I'll have to accept I mean some people may say Levy just didn't get his hand in his pocket deep enough to get, get something over the line we'll never know we'll never know but I'd, I'd rather not. Igalo, the one excuse for United is only on loan. Hmm. So, you know, end of the, to the end of the season, so they can just get rid of him. So it's not. But it, it didn't seem like the best signing, did it? I mean, Igalo couldn't hit a barn door. He didn't hit, I think he didn't score the last nine games for Watford. No, so, and, it, and we haven't loaned out. I know that we haven't loaned out Parrot, and I know that Jose sort of played down the possibility of him being ready at this point, but he's still there. He's still an option. Yes, I think he needs another year. He's, yeah. still, you know, he's coming up eighteen, I think, soon, um, and, is, and he's signing another contract. And, mm. I, and I, he's not big lad, but um, he, he's very aggressive. Uh, I try to think I liken him to um, probably Robbie Keane a bit more. Um, he, he sort of ducks down, gets through, and, and slips. I mean, he's a very good finisher. That's what he's got—really good finishing skills. And I think if we can paddle our way for another year. Um, then yes, he'll be on the bench, and and he may well play mm. quite a few Premier League games next season if if his um, trajectory is still the same upward trend. Um, then yes, he's he's the boy, and it may prevent us from buying somebody. But you know maybe we should loan somebody in the, in the short term. But I'd, I'd still like to see somebody else um, come in. But Sonny's done so well, hasn't he? That's the excuse. He, he always does. That, that's the thing, though. He always steps in. That's why I'm I'm not overly worried that we've lost Kane, because I know that Son and others will step in. As long as they're fit and available and don't go and do military service or whatever it might be, they will get goals. The only thing that I was... Two things I would say with that is, one, our style now is such that we belong to Jose we do need a target man up front so that's a slight difference in style and also it doesn't escape the broader question of we should have had another striker and if Parrot isn't ready then we should have yes. extended um, Fernando for another year or got somebody else in in the summer or in January that could do a, a job in the short term um question from Zoe Pearson uh Stephen Bergwine money well spent Yes, I'm sure he is. Well, I mean, I can't be certain, but everything I hear about him, I've seen him yesterday. He's clearly up to the challenge. I mean, this is, we're playing the champions. He never looked out of place. It, it, it wasn't sort of uh, lit up the game bad, madly, but um, 
yeah, I think it's I think it's an excellent signing. I really mm-hmm. do. Okay, uh, question from Stuart Sessions, his Twitter analyst at Stuart Sessions. Do you think we can beat the shit teams Mourinho style? Um, he's uh, used a poo emoji to illustrate yeah. that point. <laughs> Well, so the the lesser side, the teams that park the pass, the teams that have these low blocks, um, can Burnley. we can we can we yeah can we beat them the Mourinho way? Yes, we can, but it is it's so difficult, Javid. I keep saying there's it's hardly any bad sides, West Ham. But but, uh, <laughs> but we're not going to surely employ the same st- tactics and say no. here you are, here's the ball. You know that that that's not how it's going to work. No, we're hoping, uh, we're all hoping that. Uh, um, Undebele and Lacelso can produce that threaded pass for mm. both uh, Lucas and Sonny. And if we can do that with those fast passes, find those little gaps, yes, we can. Um, it's it's about a concentration at the back, though, isn't it? You know, it's, it's like I picked on Burnley because they did a job on us last season. But they are good. Wood, Wood is a physicality, isn't he? And that's why I need a big centre half and um, Tananga would be uh, a, a good uh, marker for him to mm. try and look after him uh, I think I think I hope we, we've yet to see him really um, challenged on that one he's been playing fullback really so I'm not sure how good he is at centre back we've yet to find out it's too many things we need to find out isn't it yeah. you know Bergvine it's still early days it is early days and I, and I think also those to, to beat those teams you, you know, you can't do it the Mourinho way of sitting back no. and hitting teams on the counter. In a sense, forget about the Mourinho style, forget about the Pochettino style. Actually, the principles of breaking those teams down, whichever way you play, is pretty yes. much the same. I.e., you need to move the ball quickly, whether you're going to go with long passes or, or short passes. You're going to need to have that guile, that sort of La Celso or Ericsson type player who can, who can, who can. Even Dembele or Dombele, who can do that little... It's not always necessarily about finding that pass. Sometimes it is, but also sometimes it's, I think, you know, doing that thing like dropping your shoulder, turning, unsettling that those straight lines, those well-organised lines that pulls players out of position. It, it's an element of that. And it's also getting round the back with, with, with width. We didn't play with wingers as such under yeah. Pochettino, but what we had in... Again, I hate to hop back to sixteen seventeen, but if you go back to sixteen seventeen, we had Carl Walker and we had Danny Danny Rose, and whether we played with a back four at some point of that season, or whether we moved with, with a, to a back three and played them much higher up as wing packs, those guys could get round the back and provide provide width, width and give you that option of breaking down teams. So really, for me, it's about that. It's about width, having the guile, having the sort of lasso player who can find that pass um, and moving the ball quickly because if you don't then teams are going to be organised and, and, and have straight lines and it's going to be difficult to penetrate and get around get, get around the back um, and you end up playing static and I think a lot of, a lot of the time well, well, if you look at yesterday with, with Lo Celso, he did things that other players didn't do, and he did unsettle the City players again. Whether it was that little half turn or drop of the shoulder, or that little pass that would pull players out of position, as opposed to when we don't have those players and it's just very static. The passing might be crisp, it might be clean, but it can be static. And if it's static, it's not gonna, 
it's not going to penetrate those uh, those low blocks. Um, Darren Pamenter, do you think Jose is starting to get a good idea of his best eleven minus Kane? And where do you think Dombele fits into his plans? Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. He's a bit of an enigma in the belly at the moment because of his injuries. And um, Lo Celso took some, he had an injury, he's taken something. Now we're starting to see him. We've not seen the best of Ndebele. I'm still not sure. But one of his passes yesterday created the goal. So he's got that in him. Um, it's going to be interesting. He almost looks as though he can be a shield with Sissoko. Mm. But he clearly preferred, he's more of a forward uh, position but far further forward and a bit more of a creator it's difficult so I'm not sure you know I'm really not sure where he's going to end up I think that I think that in a few weeks from now um, you'll see a situation where you've got Hugo and goal um, Toby and Sanchez at the back Vertonghen on the bench Tanganga on the left and Uri on the right and that will evolve to Ben Davis on the left and possibly, like you said earlier, to Ganga on the right ahead of Aria. Yeah. Um, and then I think he'll go with this. Um, I think he'll go with the 4 3 3 in Kane's absence. And the three will be Winks, Dombele, and Lacelso. None of whom are shields or ball winners, but that's the players that he's got at his disposal at, at, at the moment and then I think the front three will be and I say front three because it won't necessarily I think there'll be movement it will be Bergwijn Son and Delhi, and perhaps Lucas missing out and being on the bench yeah because Lucas unfortunately for him does so well when he comes on mm, mm. and that's that's his downside yeah I think that's possibly a system that the team could play, um, not too dissimilar to Liverpool in the sense that if you, I mean, have they got an actual target man? I mean, Firmino, I suppose, is the nearest they've got, but he likes to well, drop off, and and yeah. they've got that fluidity, yeah. and, I, and I can I can see a situation where without Kane in the team, we'll have a fluid front front three of say, Delhi, Bergwijn, and and Son, or or Mora in, 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 instead of Bergwijn, and then the, then a three of Winks, Dombele, and Lacelso with Dombele and Lacelso providing that creativity and Winks just doing what Harry and Winks does, which is recycle the ball and be steady and uh, yeah. And then it begs the question: Where does Sissoko fit in the team when he's he's back fully fit? But that's uh, that's how I see it. It's a squad um, game. Yeah, absolutely. There'll always be uh, somebody injured. Okay, final two questions. Um, which one do I want to do? First, um, Andy Island, it's Twitter handles at A Island 86. The Mourinho way, m- way, may we finally start to have a backbone defended well, staying in the match and getting a result. Does this result show that we will finish strong and claim a top four yes. spot? Yes, possibly a trophy. Yes, well, yeah, yes, because that's what Mourinho does, and it would not surprise me if I know we've got to get past Southampton yet, but um, it won't surprise me if we do go on to win the. The, the FA Cup um, mm. that's what he does and I, and I think now every player's got the incentive for the top four we're back in it um, we've got to play after Villa and I, I'd like to think we get three points then we've got to go away to Chelsea and who's to say why we won't give Chelsea a, a, a real scare down at their place we had a poor game against them uh, at the lane and, and I'm rather hoping now Chelsea are faltering um, 
and we're pushing on, and that's a six-pointer. Mm. So, you know, you'll, you'll find out, I think, not. I, I don't think we'll find out as much about Spurs at Villa, but I think we'll find out a lot more when we go into that sort of cauldron of Stamford Bridge, when, you know, the, the, the death wishes will come at us. Um, and, and the players, we'll, we'll see what they're made of. It's mm. going to be quite a battle in there. Yep. Battle and um, Bridge. Absolutely. And, and, and a final one from... Uh, the Cockrell history analyst at Felix Tando to, I mean, it's similar to Andy Ireland's question, which is surely the top four is in play now. And also if we get Don Bele the two 80 to 90 minutes match fitness, a cup win isn't a pipe dream, is it? One thing that concerns me about top, not concerns me, but it plays on my mind a bit about top four is we are, we can sniff it. We're four points behind Chelsea and if results go our way, if we beat Villa, and maybe if they draw against United, suddenly four points becomes two points. Going into that game at Stamford Bridge, we've got a chance then to win that and go above them. But that's exactly the position we found ourselves back in yep. December, and we didn't take it. I think a lot has changed since then, and I think also Chelsea tend to not, this season, they tend to not do well at home. Yep. I mean, that's, as I said last week, it's it's... Not so much about us, but the teams around us are just dropping mm. points all over the place. So, you know, I, 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 it's makes me making sounds though we're just going to win every game as, as we were a few years ago, mm. say winning every game, but so many of them. But it's really about the others' failure again. And, and United aren't firing on all cylinders. Chelsea aren't. Sheffield United, well, if they can maintain what they're doing, but surely they'll start. I said that about Leicester, of course. Surely they'll stall at some stage. And but they're all going to play each other. So yeah, we've got a real well, sniff at it. Well, I mean, look at looking at Wolves draw a lot of games. Wolves and Sheffield United, as I said earlier, they 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 don't have the experience of, of getting over yep. the line and, and 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 getting top four. United look really hit and miss. Chelsea do. So do we at times. Yes. yes. Um, but hopefully, I hope that the pen- pendulum since that game against Chelsea, when we last had a chance to get top four or to get into top four, the, I hope the pendulum has swung enough in our direction now that we can this time capitalise on it. Yeah. We, we can firstly find ourselves in a position. We've got to beat Villa first and foremost, regardless of what what, what Chelsea do against United. Beat Villa and then hopefully go into that game. And and go for the win at Stamford Bridge, which isn't you know we've only done that once in thirty years, but um, there's no reason why we can't now. And if we do that, the only thing that Chelsea have got ahead of all the other teams, including ourselves, we're all consistently inconsistent. Yeah, they just happen to be in the driving seat at the moment. They happen to have the points in the bag. They happen to be in fourth. I think if we can get over that hurdle and beat them and get into fourth, it also would require them to slip up the week before. Um, I think once we're in fourth, at that point, I would be fairly confident with 11 matches left, I think, at that point, to hold on to fourth. Um, more confident than I would say Chelsea it, it, sort of holding on to fourth, because I've, they do look vulnerable, particularly at home. Yeah. Um, so we shall see how that plays out. Right, um, the next podcast will be uh, a week three two weeks today even hopefully um after we play aston villa all that's left for me to say thank you david well thank you very much jared and until next time the future's bright the future's lily white good night So bloody slow, you are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen. 
put on that jelly white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its load of nights. We've fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Pull on that lily white and run on to that green. Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt. Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.